listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Are you ready to witness greatness? College fans, welcome to the biggest tailgate party in the nation. Different day, same recipe. Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff. Presented by BetMGM. The king of sportsbooks. We're setting you up with the information you need to watch your team win. Let's go! We're here to break it all down. Let's go, let's go. This is Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff. Presented by BetMGM. Now... We're live from your tailgate. Here's Brian No, former Penn State All-American Rich Ornberger, and PicksWise lead betting analyst Jared Smith. Oh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome in. Getting you all set for Week 16 and beyond. A little college football sprinkled in there. We are fired up. And what's funny is we are coming to you live from very different locations and temperatures because Rich Ornberger is out there in Hawaii. Aloha, Rich. I'm over here in South Bend, Indiana. We're up from negative five. It was minus five yesterday. It is a balmy two degrees right now. I'm imagining it's a little bit nicer over there in Hawaii. Well, look at you. You probably need a little zinc oxide on the nose, and uh, you know, you're putting your floaties on and, and all that, getting all the way up there to two degrees. Yeah, we, we're dealing with... 80-degree weather, uh, slight breeze uh, from the trade winds here on the islands. <laughs> and uh, really just uh, an early morning is my only complaint. What's odd about doing this show on the West Coast is, you know, a lot of people gearing up for football on the East Coast. They're 9 o'clock window all the way to noon, right? And then on the West Coast, it's 6 a.m. to 9, so a little bit earlier there. Going out in Hawaii, I woke up at 3 o'clock in the morning, and I'm doing this show with you guys at four so if there's any complaint it's the time of day but outside of that i mean i'm gonna be putting my lay on later i'm gonna be uh you know strumming my ukulele i'm gonna be (laughs) sitting somewhere drinking out of a coconut feel tremendous sam by the way with this Music. Oh, it uh, puts me in the mood. It, it feels really warmer over here already listening to that. <laughs> I, I almost made like one of those fruity drinks this morning with like a big umbrella just to just to have it. And then I realized that coffee is, is much more effective and compatible with uh, my needs. But I, I'm excited for for that game tonight, Rich. I, I really am. And, and I'm sure we'll get to it at some point tonight. But it's an interesting one from a betting perspective. But I'm happy that you and I saw the pictures of the family out there. You guys look like you're having a blast. So, oh, it's oh great. wow, yeah, big yeah. smiles on the faces, and oh, everything. Yeah. You know, it's almost like taking the, the kids nice. to Hawaii for Christmas. I mean, that's. It's I have a friend nice. that works in the business. Also, he he covered the uh, the potato bowl. Uh, earlier this week, and so he took his family to Boise for for Christmas. A little yeah. different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Slightly. By the way, yeah, you're, you're just sort of you're 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 shackled to the commitments of the yeah. of the gig. So exactly. occasionally it's Boise, sometimes sometimes it's Vegas, <laughs> sometimes it's, it's Hawaii. Wild, kids. Yeah. <laughs> Depends where the chips fall, right there. Exactly. There you so go. Better end of the stick for the Hornberger clan this Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna kick it off with the NFL over here. Bad weather is the theme, and a lot of these games and you look at the buffalo chicago game the wind chill is expected to be somewhere around negative nine minus nine you look at the saturday night game this evening raiders at the steelers minus five wind chill Uh, seattle kc 
That's supposed to be negative one wind chill. So the elements. Ah, it's December football over here. We'll start it off with Bills at the Bears. And I'm wondering if this Bills rush defense is going to be better. They gave up a buck 88 against the Dolphins last week. And this is what the Bears do. They get down with the running game very handsomely. So I'm looking at that Bills rush defense. You got a couple of guys questionable. You've got Ed Oliver questionable, Jordan Phillips, a couple of D tackles questionable. That is not a great recipe against the Bills, but I'm excited to see this Bills rush defense if it recovers from what they did last week. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Yeah, the Bills, they'll definitely be putting an emphasis on stopping the run after the Dolphins ran for 188 on them. Um, That's the first time that they've actually allowed over 100 yards since week 10. So this team has been um, a lot better than they've... uh, then they've shown at stopping the run, I should say, recently that they've shown. They've, they've really been – that's been a strength of their teams. Um, I, look, here, here's the deal. I, I do think they're going to throw the ball a lot. If the wind isn't a factor, cold shouldn't stop a cold-weather team from throwing the football. They practice in that. Uh, they know the elements. Josh Allen is a Wyoming quarterback, a product who I watched out of Wyoming. Gosh, I must have watched – 30, 40 of his games um, oh, wow. just just working around the Mountain West. And uh, and and this is a guy who can compete in the cold. Um, he and Stefan Diggs are also close to some statistical milestones as well. Week 16 here, Allen is 143 yards away from his third straight season with 4,000 yards passing. Diggs just a yard away from his sixth 1,300-yard receiving season. Um, that'll be a, a franchise record. It, it, look, this is, this is one of those games where I could see the Bills committing to stopping the run on, the, on, on their sides because fields can really hurt you from that standpoint and really trying to throw the football over the Bears as long as wind isn't a factor. Yeah, I, I think that's the first point here, and it's, it's blanket not necessarily the snow blankets that, that are going to you know come across the country today, but just blanket about the weather. Rain matters a little bit, not that much. Snow matters a little bit. You know, if it's a blizzard, maybe the wind is really the big one and, and really the cold, too. And I think it the cold that we're going to see this week is unlike oh, it's cold today, I need to put on my jacket. Like, like these are Some of these games are going to be played in conditions where the tackling – and you're going to learn a lot about defenses this week, too. Oh, yeah. Which teams really want to show up and which defenses really want to tackle. It's, I, I think, and Rich, I, again, I can't speak to this. This is where you come in huge. I, I'm assuming the defensive teams have it a little tougher when it's really cold because it's, just, it's hard to tackle. And it's, 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 you have to really want to be there. And we'll find out a lot about a lot of teams this week, especially this late in the season when there's certain teams that really only have pride to play for and their paychecks. Um, they're not playing for the postseason. So that's the first part of every game this week besides the one in Miami and, and the one in Dallas and, and a couple of other ones that are, that are not in the you know, north or, or the midwestern part of the country. But the actual handicap with this game itself – is a little unique because I I do think Josh Allen's getting to that point where most turnover-worthy plays in the NFL went under pressure this year. I mean, that's not a category that I want him to be in when we're getting to January 
because teams see that and they know that, and there are certain teams that are better than others at blitzing. The Bears aren't one of those teams. They blitz at the eighth, eighth lowest rate in the NFL. So I, I don't expect Josh Allen to be under an immense amount of pressure today. I think the running games, obviously, with the wind and, and the conditions are going to be prominent. I, I'm happy for rookie safety Jaquan Brisker, right? Rich, our Penn State guy, he, he, oh, leads, yeah. the, he leads the Bears with three sacks, but he's a safety who leads the Bears with three sacks. I, I don't think that's, that's not a good statistic for a safety to lead um, a team with. And since Roquan Smith left, he's actually second on the team with two and a half. So, again, this is a Bears team that, that doesn't generate a lot of pressure on the quarterback. So I think Josh Allen's going to be upright for most of the day. Justin Fields on the other side, second lowest uh, pro football focus grade when blitz this year. But the Bills also are a below average blitz rate team. They like to sit back in their zone. And Sean McDermott has them pretty well coached in that area. This Bills defense will get into you. And I think that's the, the biggest question mark today. Is this Bills defense going to maybe buck some trends, maybe throw some, throw some curveballs at Justin Fields because of the weather, because of the fact that it's going to be a, a very run-prominent game? Do you kind of throw some pass blitzes at him and, and, and try to get him out of some of those heavy run schemes that we like to see Chicago do a lot? The Bills offensive line continues to be an issue, though, um, and that's something to keep an eye on as well. Mitch Morse, the concussion, sixth concussion in eight seasons for him. Mm. probably done this week for sure. But I think the rest of the year is, is, is certainly an issue with him. So I, I'm, I'm concerned um, a little bit with the Bills front. If they can't hold up, that's where Josh Allen's really struggled this year. But th- again, this is not a Bears defense that's really going to come after you. So that's why, despite the weather and, and, the, and the, you know, the run-heavy offenses, this is one of the outdoor totals this week that's still north of 40. Barely at 40 and a half. But I think that kind of tells you what kind of game this is probably going to be. And I, I think I think Buffalo in a teaser is a good spot, but that's probably the only way I'd bet it. Let's shift to Bengals Patriots. Um, Mac Jones. <laughs> Mac Jones has been the <laughs> source of contention over here from a couple of expatriates. Julian Edelman called out Mac Jones, and it was partially, hey, last week against the Raiders with the crazy lateral plays and Jacoby Myers throwing it backwards, Julian Edelman said, hey, you got to get him to the ground. Trip him. Get him on the ground somehow, some way. But the real criticism was the bad body language. Moping around, yelling at coaches. He's like, what are you doing there? But why are you yelling at coaches? And that was something that Vince Wilfork, another expatriate, had said. He was on a Boston show on NBC Sports Boston and basically said, we're tired of it. Tired of it's this, that, and the other thing, every other play. You got to be a leader over here. So Mac Jones under fire with some expatriates. I thought that was interesting throughout the week. Yeah, look, I, I get it. You know, the NFL is really tough as a rookie. I've never played quarterback, and so I've never been in that high-profile position, but I've watched other quarterbacks handle, um, who were less talented, by the way, the situation with more grace. Um, you know, you can't tell me that that, that sort of outburst, uh, whether it be three weeks ago or most recently with the Raiders, where all of a sudden you have talking heads like us trying to decide or decipher if he was screaming into Matt Patricia's face, which is, by the way, something we saw with uh, Tom Brady and Billy O'Brien and Tom Brady and Josh McDaniels during his time as a Patriots quarterback and they being his offensive coordinators. But that was when he was, oh, geez, 10, 12, 15 years into his career, not in his second year. 
you know, so I'm not saying you have to be respectful and fearful of your coaches or anything like that to have a successful NFL career, but you better be a lot more talented than Mac Jones has shown so far if you want to keep your job. Because especially in New England, they'll find someone better if they can't think they can find someone better. And right now, if you look at the stats and if you concentrate on, you know, what's happening around the NFL, there's a lot of places with younger quarterbacks than him who are having more success. So I'd be very careful with all that stuff. I, I, look, I get it. It's frustrating. Sometimes coaches are calling plays that you don't agree with. You're seeing things from the field level that make more sense to you um, to, to, to attack the defense a different way. And, and that can be frustrating. But you still have to understand the other side of this isn't just, hey, I'm, I'm serving myself here. You're, you're also serving your team. And, and part of being a good leader is being a, a good follower in a lot of ways, like understanding the mission a little bit and, and sort of being that low heartbeat guy who can handle the stress of not only the situation and either your successes or failures in these situations, but also understanding where you are on the pecking order. A lot of people will turn to the quarterback just, just to see how he's handling the situation. And if he's keeping a cool head, okay, I, I can keep my cool too. If he's freaking out, man, we're losing composure. He's sort of the emotional barometer of the team. And so I agree with Vince. Um, I, I don't know if I want to be incredibly critical of a quarterback trying to play safety against Chandler Jones like Julian. <laughs> but I, I agree with Vince. And, and Big Vinny, uh, he's a buddy of mine. I uh, stay in touch with him. He's a smart man. He understands football. He understands leadership. He was a great leader. And, um, yeah, Mac needs to start becoming more of a great leader. Yeah, it kind of. This is a very rudimentary comparison, but it reminds me of when I'm flying, and I used to get really afraid of flying. But one thing that always kept me calm was the the flight attendants wouldn't be freaking out during turbulence. Like when right. they would just keep doing their thing and keep serving drinks, even though they're spilling on people because the sh- plane is shaking. As long as they're staying calm, I, I felt like all right, we're we're okay. Like it's just a little turbulence. So. Uh, speaking of turbulence, that, that does seem to be the theme of the week for New England. I, I'm imagining, Rich, if you were still on the Patriots, this would not be a fun week of practice for you. No. Um, the, the meetings especially, like not even the practices, just the meetings and, and watching the film and having to relive those moments. Um, because I'm sure they watched that play. I mean, maybe it was a burn the film kind of game, but I'm sure they watched that play um, pretty – Pretty, uh, uh, pretty significantly well, over the last few point, days. And to your point, like, like, okay, so that that play is a perfect example, yeah. a, a microcosm of what leadership should look like. Because Jacoby Myers wasn't looking for anybody else to blame. Like, yeah, he agreed. made a mistake. He faced the media after the game. He understood that he needs to know the situation better, and that he screwed up. And he took it on the chin, and he was like, you know what? I'm already looking forward to move on to, the, to Cincinnati. <laughs> I mean, that's the We're clip, on to right? Cincinnati, baby. We're on to Cincinnati. I was very <laughs> impressed with how he handled it. Yeah. I, I think all of those things are positives for New England. And I, I was surprised when I saw, you know, th- I don't really handicap the weather too often unless it's a weekend like this. But this is one of the weekends that I look at every – I mean, I have a – a separate screen almost dedicated to the weather today. I mean, that's how insane this is. 
Um, but this is one of the outdoor games that's actually in the yellow category. Like, I, I subscribe to a site that's orange and red, which is like uh, DEFCON 1. Uh, it's yellow here, um, which is pretty pretty calm. You know, temperatures in the 20s and winds about 10 miles an hour for New England, for Foxborough. Um, I'd say that's pretty balmy this time of year when, when we're t- talking about some of these other games. But the... That's the first line of my notes is, is how the Patriots respond from this. What's their mentality this week? You would expect with a veteran coach and a veteran team for the most part, except for the quarterback, they will be okay. I think the bigger question is this Bengals defense, which has been really, really, really good. And I give Lou Anarumo a ton of credit. How about this, guys? I mean, Tom Brady's whipping his butt last week and, you know, the Bengals fell behind and all of a sudden they go in at halftime and they come out in the third quarter Lou makes his adjustments, and Tampa Bay and Tom Brady do not cross midfield in the third quarter of that game. I mean, that is, that is impressive. We're not talking about a rookie quarterback that you can kind of scheme around. Like, this is Tom Brady in a Bucks offense that, you know, has had their moments this year. I, I think this is a very underrated Bengals defense. I think DJ Reader's a big reason why. They'll get Henderson back this week. Hubbard's still out. So you get Henderson, Henderson back on the edge, and, and you've got Reader in the middle. And we'll see if... Anarumo can scheme Reader onto the left guard, Cole Strange, who's kind of the weak link on this Patriots offensive line. He's a rookie, and that's kind of the matchup that I think Anarumo would prefer. On the other side, I, I think Cincinnati can cause some problems, or excuse me, uh, New England can cause some problems for the Cincinnati offensive line, and we haven't talked about the Bengals offensive line a lot over the last few weeks. A, they've been winning. Um, B, they've been playing marginally better than what we saw towards the end of last year and at the beginning of this year, but Pro Football Focus still has them as a bottom 10 unit, and this is a Patriots defense with Uche and Judon and Wise that have 145 combined pressures between those three guys this year, so the market's telling me New England three Three and a half was the bet. We've now been sitting at three for pretty much the duration of the week. And I think the market is telling me don't lay it with Cincy this week because they've covered a bunch against the spread in a row. Usually when you see that move, now all of a sudden the three and a halfs get bought back down to three. It's kind of telling me there's the top right there. And Cincinnati could absolutely win this game and New England could still struggle offensively. But I think the market says New England is the right side this week. And I can see a path. I could see a path where Joe Burrow's under a lot of pressure and maybe it's a lower-scoring game and maybe they sneak out a field goal win, but I, I absolutely could see a path to New England bouncing back and winning this game. Be sure to check out the new look and features in the BetMGM app. It's fast and easy access to the sports you love, whether it's live betting, the daily Lions boost, or the cash-out feature, and new users can use the code COUNTDOWN for a special offer. That's code COUNTDOWN in the BetMGM app. We're off and running. Rich Ornberger, Penn State All-American, Jared Smith. That's a lot to say. Pixwise.com, lead betting analyst. I'm Brian No. Coming up next, if you're in a cold weather area, we might have a remedy for you. More on that on the way. It is Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. We're on to Cincinnati. Welcome to the biggest tailgate party in the nation. You're locked into Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff. Touchdown! And it's presented by BetMGM. The king of sportsbooks. Once again, here's Brian No, Rich Ornberger, and Jared Smith. Welcome back to Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. New users, download the BetMGM app today and use code COUNTDOWN for a special offer. That's code COUNTDOWN in the BetMGM app. How about Iowa Sam, our technical producer, throwing some Jay-Z out there? Very nice. Nice job. I Surprised me from time to time, yep. Iowa. Very nice. Didn't know done. he had it in him. Uh, yes! 
found out. <laughs> He's got it there. You know, I don't know if this is the cure for the cold weather blues, but I think that the kind of like the Hawaiian music, you're over there in Hawaii for the Hawaii Bowl, Rich. I, I think it might put you in a better frame of mind, if nothing else, but thoughts on Middle Tennessee slash MTSU? Still not sure which one it is. I don't know if you've done some deep investigative journalism this week, but one of those schools has taken on San Diego State in the Hawaii Bowl. How do you see this one shaking out, Rich? Yeah, At least lining yes. up wise. I'm not asking for a prediction, just when you when you look at this game, what stands out? Yeah, uh, still still more confirmation needed on whether or not they like to go by Middle Tennessee State or Middle Tennessee. So I am going to put their athletic director in a headlock when I see him. I'm be like, tell me right now, what is it? What is it? But we'll find out uh, before game time if I don't get taken off the field for that reason. Um, here here's the deal. The, these are two pretty oddly evenly matched teams, and I say oddly, it shouldn't be because that's what bowls are looking for, two teams that can come together and provide a lot of action. But it's two offenses that have shined at times and struggled at times. It's two defenses that overall are pretty good, and and they're pretty good at different things. But I, I focused mostly on just their penchant and ability to take the football away from other opposing offenses. And, and these defenses have soared in those statistical categories. So you should see a game where – you're going you're gonna to see some, some fumbles on the ground. You're going to see some interceptions. You're going to see sudden change, and that's exciting. And then just from an offensive standpoint, San Diego State for years has been running back you. Uh, recently, Rashad Penny was all everything on his way to being a Seattle first-rounder. And then this season with the Seahawks, early on with Geno Smith in the backfield, Rashad Penny was off to having a great NFL season, got injured, and then Kenneth Walker came in to replace him but that's what San Diego State offensively has been known for for years well all of a sudden they've broken out of their shell because transfer quarterback turned safety Jalen Maiden switched back to offense with this revolving door at quarterback season San Diego State was having and completely solidified the offense and now they can throw the ball around a little bit so this is a fun exciting Aztecs offense it's different from years past and then on the other side, Middle Tennessee is Chase Cunningham. And he's got a bunch of receivers who are like, it's like the 5'9 and under club. Like they're all these short, super fast dudes who are going to catch bubble screens and just uh, uh, slant routes and shallow crossers. And they're going to try to take it to the house on you. So you've got an exciting football game in concept on your hands today on Christmas Eve. Yeah, this is an interesting one. No, no opt outs really. No major ones, and right. you, know, you you don't opt out before the Hawaii Bowl. Like that's just you don't do that. Um, you go to Hawaii first, and then you and then you enjoy uh, your vacation there, and then you opt out after the game, right? But no, this is I I think you know, and Rich, you've followed this team a lot more than me this year, but I I have been paying a little bit of attention to the San Diego State team because I think they're a team from a betting perspective that offers value because the half of the season with Burmeister, you know, you can't really use those numbers. So their their priors are kind of, you know, a little bit off. Maiden's been fantastic. The only losses to Fresno and Air Force, we saw how good Air Force was the other night against Baylor and Fresno last week against Washington State. I mean, those are teams that beat Power 5 conferences in bowl games. And I know those games had their own little 
wrinkles to them, but still pretty impressive stuff. Middle defends the run well, top 30 in, in, in efficiency, but you know that's what San Diego State wants to do. So we'll see how that matchup turns out. But I think really this is experience and, and comfort. You know, Rick Stockstill's not great in bowl games, three and six against the number. Doesn't really have his teams ready to play most seasons in this spot, and they do find themselves in bowl games often. Last time they went to the Hawaii Bowl, they got blew, blown out by Hawaii. And the Aztecs' defense, I think, is the best unit on the field. So San Diego State's got the best defense, you know, of the two, and I, I think they've got the more talented player at quarterback. And they're laying six and a half. It got to seven. It got bought back down. It looks like six and a half probably is the closing number here. Total move down a little bit, too, by about three points. I, I like San Diego State here. I think they win this game. I think there's going to be an Aztec coronation on the island, Rich. You guys are going to be flying home happy. By the way, you know, I am a strong advocate for side-by-side television action. You know, if you're fired up for the Saturday night game uh, in the NFL, which is the Steelers hosting the Raiders, great. That's fantastic. Side by side. You know, get some college bowl game action going on at the same time. You know, you probably do it a lot <laughs> during the season. You know, watching a couple of games at the same time. It's the perfect opportunity for it right there. And this is also a perfect opportunity for us to hand the baton to the trusted, the insightful the newsworthy Mr. Isaac Lowenkron. Ilo with the latest. What's going on, bud? We begin in college football. Middle Tennessee State Athletic Director threatened with headlock from radio broadcaster. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean it. Here, I promise. Here, as the late, great Paul Harvey would say, is the rest of the story. The Middle Tennessee State Athletic Director, a gentleman named Chris Massaro, happens to be a former offensive lineman at Northern Colorado. Of course. Okay. Those are buddies. Fellow offensive lineman. A three-year letterman. He graduated in 1983. So I'm liking this matchup. Well, I need answers, Mazzaro. So it's you (laughs) and me. It's the war on the shore. I'll take Rich minus 200 here. (laughs) Class of 83. Rich has the edge in most age categories. That that is a very, very good point. uh, I'll I'll go with you on that bet. Guys, we got eight (laughs) NFL games kicking off at 1 p.m. Eastern today. The marquee matchup is early. Chiefs, Seahawks, Giants, Vikings, and Bengals, Patriots. ESPN just reported that Tennessee Titans quarterback Ryan Tannehill, who had surgery on a high ankle sprain this week, will not play again during the regular season, and it is considered unlikely that he would be able to return during the postseason if the Titans make it. NFL media reporting the NFL informed the Washington Commanders that defensive pass interference should have been called on the New York Giants on a fourth down play with under a minute to go last Sunday in a game the Giants wound up winning 20-12. NBA Friday night, the Charlotte Hornets defeated the Los Angeles Lakers 134-130. Luka Doncic of the Dallas Mavericks had 50 in a 112-106 win at Houston. The Brooklyn Nets defeated the Milwaukee Bucks 118-100. The Nets on an eight-game winning streak. They've won 12 of 13. In the NHL, Alex Ovechkin of the Washington Capitals scored two goals in a 4-1 victory over the Winnipeg Jets to pass Gordie Howe for second place on the NHL's all-time goal-scoring list with 802. Fellas, back to you. I love that it's official now that the Washington Commanders got screwed against the Giants. Like that's nice. What about NFL. The it's official now. Call. That was yeah. weird too. Yeah, yeah, nothing we can do about either of those calls now. But uh, thanks, thanks. It's a, did it's you have Washington? Got jobbed. It, yeah, it, 
is that is that fun like when you get when you get a letter you know what i mean like like everything <laughs> went wrong it's an important like playoff everything is riding on this win in division all that and like they they send you a nice letter saying whoops we're sorry <laughs> like wow. it's all your playoff lives hanging in the balance we might have missed one in a crucial crucial moment of the game the one thing i loved about that whole thing with the commanders and giants there was zero complaining from Washington. That was amazing. There's a, like, the receiver didn't jump up and they're like, where's the flag, ref? Like, the game was over when that call wasn't made. Taylor Heineke wasn't like, where's the flag, ref? Like, it was just like, it's the NFC East. It was a shoulder shrug. Like, it's really physical here. We're probably not going to get that call from time to time. So I love that there was zero complaining. It just shows you how physical it is in that division. Yeah, and that's Ron Rivera's impact too. You just you just know that he's got that team hemmed up pretty tight, and they're believing in him. And look at the winning they're doing late in the season. I think it's the players first. You have a lot of talent on that field. A lot of people aren't talking about how how good of a leader Taylor Heineke is, um, but he is a good leader. And and watching that offense and defense perform late this season has been pretty impressive. Um, but yeah, I, I mean that's a culture, right? You know, and and Ron Rivera himself, he was upset about it. They asked him about it. He's like, "Look, what do you want me to say? You know, if I make any comment on that, you know what's going to happen." Next question. And he's right. And he's right. And then the NFL goes and sends him the nice apology note. You know, so that and a pat on the back equals. Um, to just about a pat on the back. That's about yeah. it. Yeah. There's no circling back to, well, that one year we missed the playoffs. There was that one missed pass interference call where the DB was bear hugging <laughs> our guy. And it's out of sight, out of mind. We forget about it. It gets lost in the shuffle. Hey, how about this? I don't know if we're going to forget about this in the years to come, but how about safety Peyton Bowen? So we take you to college recruiting over here. He is what's known as a double flipper. <laughs> he has flipped. He was originally going to Notre Dame, flipped to Oregon. And he actually, he put on the Notre Dame hat, and he was like, no, 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 it doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel right. Put on the Oregon hat, go Ducks, threw up the O and everything. The next day, he flips from Oregon to Oklahoma. So the rare double flipper, five-star safety Peyton Bowen is now – as of now, heading to Oklahoma after flipping twice. Unbelievable what's going on here sometimes. It's, um, here's the deal. Uh, if he's doing it for attention, shame on him. I think there are better ways, especially when you're that talented, uh, there are better ways to get attention for yourself. Um, but, but if this is just as simple as, as Bowen um, changing his mind, good for him. I mean, this happens with a lot of a lot of people, you know, they start a career, they start at an office, they realize, oh my goodness, I'm in the wrong place. This doesn't feel right. Uh, I'm not with people who I care to work with long-term or, you know, on on the move. You know what I mean? Like you, you move into a new city and you're like, I, I mean, before I even step foot into this office, I know this isn't the right place for me. Or if it's just a, you know, just from a standpoint of, you know, another better opportunity comes up. If he was practicing law, nobody would say anything about this. If he was practicing even even pediatrics, you want to go into the medical field, you want to go into any sort of sales space, nobody would care. But because he's an athlete, everybody has a big problem with this. This happens with coaches. I have a buddy who's a coach who accepted a job, 
got in the U-Haul, was driving cross-country, and then when he got to the destination for his job to be a defensive coordinator, all of a sudden the phone rang, and they were like, hey, we have an opening, bigger conference, better opportunity. He never unpacked the U-Haul, talked to the coaches there in the office, like stepped out of his car, stepped back into his car, and went to the next site. Nobody had a problem with that, but because he's an athlete, Bowen is, everybody's going to have an opinion. My opinion is, if this is for the attention, he did it for the wrong reasons. But if this is for what he thinks is best for his future, good for him. He should do that. Yeah, this recruiting thing's getting out of hand. The whole NIL and everything. I mean, I I, I know Drake may kind of – put down some of the rumors this week, but I, I heard $5 million for him. We'll see what Sam Hartman and, and, and what his decision is over the next few days. Probably Notre Dame. Brian's doing his little leprechaun dance. Just no slow table. mesh. Please right? no slow mesh. <laughs> are you going to adopt the slow mesh? Like, are we going to no. see Brian like the Hartman game slow mesh? Slow no mesh. slow mesh. I beg <laughs> no slow mesh. <laughs> well, I, how did you feel watching that game last night, Brian? I mean, I, I think most – I have a couple of other Notre Dame fan friends, and they, they basically already were counting their chickens with him in South Bend. Hey, man, he's a good quarterback. I'd be very happy with Sam Hartman. But, you know, the thing, though, while, while we talk about the double flip and all of that, and I thought you brought up a good point, Rich, not that you haven't, Jared, but, um, Rich, when you're talking about if a coach had done this, let, let's play that game. If Lincoln Riley – Okay, who was at Oklahoma, if he had hats in front of him and was like, I'm staying at Oklahoma. No, actually, it doesn't feel right. I'm going to USC and puts that hat on. That would be freaking seismic. And then imagine if he took it a step further like Peyton Bowen did and the next day said, actually, I'm not going to USC. I'm going to wherever the hell he would go to. Notre Dame. It would be front. There you go. Now you're talking. (laughs) That would be huge news. So if it's apples to apples, it's not just an athlete thing. It's you put yourself in this position by putting all the spotlight on you while you're double flipping. If you're doing it under the cloak of night, that's different. He shined the spotlight right on him. That's why it's a big deal. It's entertainment, too. I mean, I get that. It's like LeBron and the decision. But how did that work out for him? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he made a lot of money for charity. and It's and, true. You know, so there's, there's an aspect to that that you got to respect. But at the same yeah, token... I I mean, if you look at LeBron's whole career, I mean, whole cloth, there's only one snag in it, and it's the decision. And it's something that he's spoken about and said, you know, look, I was a much younger man. If I could have done it differently, I would have. And uh, and so – it's it's really interesting, man. We are living in a time where we're asking more and more of younger and younger athletes to make great decisions while the world is watching. And we all know what it feels like to be 17, 18 years old. You're not making great decisions. So it's um, I, I, I actually have a lot of sympathy for uh, Bowen and his family and for a lot of people who are suddenly foisted into a situation where your name is going to be on a ticker somewhere or front page news on some sports website. What a life, man. I mean, and, and it's we're, we're not I'm, and trust me when I tell you this, I'm not I, I don't love this, but we're not too far from seeing middle schoolers starting to make, you know, huge news in the recruiting world. That's, that's coming insane. next. Yeah, that's coming next. I can promise you. And it, it, that's just, just where this world is trending towards.
Man, you're better than me. I have zero sympathy for this guy. None. And I realize, look, it's not the easiest decision, and this is the the path of your life, and I, I get all of that. Yeah, I yeah, do. Yeah. But no one but. likes being led on. And yeah. if you're just sitting there like, I'm going to your school, psych, not going to happen. You're not making many friends that way. So wow. no sympathy whatsoever when you go about it that way. Off the top ropes, no show says no got way. Got me fired <laughs> up over here. We got Rich Ornberger, the uh, empathetic Ornberger, if you will. That's right. That's from, right. Uh, the Penn State All-American. We got Jared Smith from PicksWise.com. I'm Brian No. No sympathy from time to time, apparently. <laughs> uh, coming up next, man, Jared is on a couple of games, and he is on them in a big, big-time way. You will find out why right around the corner. It is Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. This far, I'm going to take my talents to South Beach. Hey, I'm Doug Gottlieb. The podcast is called All Ball. We usually talk all basketball all the time, but it's more about the stories about what made these people love their sport and all the interesting interactions along the way. We talk to coaches. We talk to players. We tell you stories. You download it. You listen to it. I think you'll like it. Listen to All Ball with Doug Gottlieb on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Touchdown! Kickoffs are coming soon, and we're leading you up to them. This is Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. The king of sportsbooks. Once again, here's Brian No, Rich Ornberger, and Jared Smith. Are you kidding me? It is Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. What do the Titans, the Aztecs, and the golden arm of Giants quarterback Daniel Jones have in common? You're about to find out. Let's dive into this. Check this out. Parlay Platter. Our Parlay Platter is brought to you by BetMGM. Earn a $50 bonus by signing into BetMGM and clicking on Refer a Friend to Invite a Friend. And in just a few simple steps, both you and your friend will receive a $50 bonus. BetMGM, the king of sports books, the king of parlays. Okay, Jared Smith, betting guru from PicksWise.com, what do you have for us in the Parlay Platter today? Yeah, you know me, guys. These parlays now that the college season's over and I can't put those whopping money lines in there, it's a little tough because I don't I don't like betting NFL money lines as much. I think the, the spreads are much more effective. Um, but that being said, I think the Tennessee Titans come out and win today with Malik Willis. And I, I, I did lay the three. It was it was my best bet on PicksWise.com this week, and I'm fine with laying the three in this spot. But I, I, I just think Malik Willis, it's a good buy-low spot. I mean, he was a minus one-and-a-half favorite in Houston eight weeks ago. Now he's a three-point favorite at home. You assume one-and-a-half points for home field. That line's a little bit off unless we make a significant upgrade to Houston, which I'm not really ready to do yet, especially after their last two weeks. So we'll take the Titans at home on the money line. We'll throw in... The Fighting Rich Ornbergers and San Diego State. Uh, Rich, I'm, I'm really excited for this game tonight. I think Jalen Maiden is, 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 is legit. And I think this Middle Tennessee State defense might be a little bit overwhelmed. And again, Rick Stock still hasn't been adept at preparing his teams for bowl games over the years. So we'll throw the Aztecs on the money line in there. I'm not really comfortable laying the full touchdown. And then Daniel Jones. I think this is going to be one of the better games of the day uh, in terms of entertainment value. But we'll put over 32.5 pass attempts in there. And again, the last 
time Minnesota came off a wild win uh, against Buffalo, they got their butts kicked the following week. I don't think the Giants have the ability to do what the Cowboys did to this Vikings offense, but if game script dictates Minnesota's ahead and the Giants still need to win to get their playoff hopes situated, I could see Daniel Jones being a, a passer in this game, and I could see this one being a shootout. He's had some big games with his arm in the past, so we'll take Jones over 32 and a half attempts. Titans, Aztecs on the money line today. Cross sport, exotic props, plus 311. Half a wow. unit sprinkle. Don't go nuts here, but okay. let's have some half, fun today. Half a unit sprinkle. I'll tell you a quick story, and it might actually uh, be good news for your bet today, Jared, with Daniel Jones. I had an in-game play on Daniel Jones completions. And the game worked out against Washington. Because I'm watching this game. It's a lot of quick, short stuff, yeah. high percentage throws. And he completed a bunch of passes. I'm like, I think he's good for six or seven more, whatever it was at the time. I needed one more completion toward the end of the game. And it was just Saquon up the middle for 10. Saquon up the middle for 13. Saquon up the middle for 12. I'm like, throw a pass and complete it, please. And it turned out to be third down. And Daniel Jones had like a one-yard throw. There you go. And it, it, it we got there barely. The Vikings barely, stopped the run. There. Like the Vikings, that's what they do well with Tomlinson in the middle. Like they, they, like they stopped the run. So if you know, there's not a lot with this Giants offense, but I, I trust Brian Dable to scheme something. This could be a fun game. I mean, yeah. the Vikings don't play boring games, right? No, they certainly no. do not. Definitely not. We'll get into both of those matchups. The Titans, can they right the ship? Get to the Vikings. Coming up next, it's been a roller coaster ride for this team, but so far, it's been quite successful. Details to come. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Oh, what's going on, everybody? Hope you're enjoying your Saturday morning here, getting you all set for Week 16 in the NFL. Very excited for the slate today. How about this one? Good matchup. Giants at the Vikings. Vikings favored by four right now. Fluctuating a bit in this one, but uh, Vikings by four right now. Total is 49 and a half. And what a roller coaster ride it's been for the Vikings this season. Now, it's been a good one. They're 11-3. and three. But just think last week against the Colts. They're losing 33 nothing at halftime. And they end up winning 39-36 in overtime. It's just been one of these seesaw crazy. They have seven fourth-quarter comebacks on the season. They've trailed in the fourth quarter in 10 of 14 games. That's unbelievable to me. But again, they're 11-3. and three. I picture one of our bosses, Scott Shapiro, here at Fox Sports Radio, who's a diehard Vikings fan. I picture him sweating, it pour, like just pouring out of him like he got a Gatorade bath at a bowl game or something with how <laughs> stressful these games are. But the Vikings, they still have pulled it out to the tune of being an 11-3 and three team here. Intriguing matchup today against a Giants team that's trying to punch their ticket to the playoffs. It's a big game for the Giants, more so than the Vikings. Not saying it doesn't matter for Minnesota. It's more important for the G-Men. Yeah, you know, and and to start where we should start on the parlay platter, I love the Daniel Jones over 32 and a half attempts on the other side of this uh, uh, because I, I, I look back on the weeks that have just passed. You know, Matt Ryan threw for over 32 and a half. Uh, who was it? Jared Goff in the loss. He was over 40 attempts. Mike White before that, 
the New York Jets. He threw it over 50 times. I think he actually was closer to 60 times in that game. So loving that. And then I also love the fact that the Giants have more to play for. I mean, if you listen closely to Kevin O'Connell, the head coach, rookie head coach for the Minnesota Vikings, who's having an incredible rookie campaign. I mean, the renaissance of Kirk Cousins and this the belief that this team seems to have in themselves and the fact that the Packers are having a down year, let's be honest, that's really helping the Vikings as well. They've already clinched the NFC North. So you look at what Kevin O'Connell was saying and messaging after beating the Colts in that comeback, greatest comeback we've ever seen in NFL history. He was like, look, over the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be looking at snap counts and trying to mitigate the damage some of my key veteran players do to their body over the final three weeks of the season. I don't think that means they're not going to be competitive and not trying to win football games, but I do think that he's going to be wary uh, in, in, say, a game that's, you know, where they, they are down as big as they are against the Colts of, of having the team fight back with all of their might and every single body on the field. So that's something to start looking at with the NFL season winding down and certain teams understanding that they're not going to do themselves too many favors fighting for wins in terms of seeding or clinching their division. And the Vikings are kind of in that spot right now in the NFC. I didn't know Scott was a Vikings fan. Oh, diehard. My words. Oh, huge, huge. Very carefully fan. here with this game <laughs> now that I know that now. Um, there's... There, there's been this like black cloud over the Vikings this year in the gambling community just because of the numbers that we look at, the DVOA, the EPA, all those nerd numbers that I just gobble up on a weekly basis like breakfast. And they're not as good as their record indicates. I think we know that by now. It doesn't take a, a, a mathematician, statistician, genius NFL handicapper to, to, to watch these Vikings games every week and know that they really shouldn't be 10, you know, they shouldn't have 10 wins. But they do. And there's a Bill Parcells element to this team. But when you dive into some of the those underlying metrics, they don't look great. And the one matchup that I'll point to this week is Kirk Cousins against this Giants defense. Because Wink Martindale just does not care. He doesn't care if you know it's coming. He's blitzing on 40% of plays this year. It's the highest rate in the league by, by a wide margin. And maybe Kevin O'Connell knowing that it's coming can employ some countermeasures. You get some one-on-one with Justin Jefferson on the outside. I think that's favorable. But Kirk Cousins this season, fifth lowest pro football focus passer rating when blitzed. So that's the matchup within the matchup. The Giants are going to blitz. They don't care. You know it's coming. And Kirk's been a little bit wonky against the blitz this year. And to make matters worse, you've got Austin Schlotman likely at center today. Uh, Garrett Bradbury got into a car accident. First of all, he hurt his he hurt his back after the game or during the game against the Colts last week, and then he got into a car wreck um, after the game, and it tweaked the back. and And he and he's out today. And and so you've got a backup center who calling out these signals at the line of scrimmage with Kirk trying to diagnose this Wink Martindale blitz scheme. So we'll see what that looks like today. And then on the other side, thank you for the compliment about Daniel Jones. I, I did get some help with that pick this week from some uh, of some other sharp people in the community because I do think the the game script tells me even if the Giants are ahead, they have an advantage throwing the ball because the Vikings are really good against the run. That's the one thing that they do really well defensively. And there's a big gap there between how well they do DVOA-wise against the pass compared to the run. Much better team against the run. 
and they're without, I think, Cam Dantzler again. So the secondary's banged up. The game script, you know, the spread says the Giants should be behind, so they'll be throwing the ball, but we'll see what the game script looks like and then how that Vikings offensive line diagnoses the blitz, I think, are the keys to this game. It's interesting what uh, Kevin O'Connell, the Vikings head coach, has talked about because that caught my attention too, Rich, where he's talking about limiting the snaps of the key veterans down the stretch. And it's like, I'll believe it when I see it. That's my first inclination because getting the two seed is a big deal. And I'm not going to say it's as big of a deal as being fully healthy and ready to go in the playoffs, but if you can get that two seed, I'd much rather have that than drop below and be the three seed because think of your playoff path. If you swap spots with the Niners, let's say the Vikings lose one of these games and the Niners, they take advantage of it. Niners are the two seed. Vikings are the three seed. If the seeds hold up, the Vikings would then have to go to San Francisco. And if they survive that, have to go to Philadelphia. I'd rather be guaranteed, provided you win, two home games. That's what you get if you're the two seed. You get two home playoff games. That's a big deal. So I'm curious if that does happen. And it's really interesting from a handicapping perspective because if you like the Vikings today, great. It'd be terrible if it's like, oh, gosh, Dalvin Cook's on a pitch count over here. That's not good. You know, like backdoor cover, here we come potentially. So it's something to keep in mind from a handicapping perspective as well, where the Vikings might limit the snap counts of some key vets. That's a really compelling story. Well, and, and to your point, I, I completely agree with everything you just said. And then if you're going to look behind you, you have to look in front of you. The Philadelphia Eagles, it's not like they have the easiest schedule to close out their season. They have the Cowboys today on the road in Dallas. They have the Saints. And don't tell me, oh, well, they're the Saints and they're going to roll the Saints because they just had a bug tussle in Chicago. Uh, and they also had a close win over the Packers four weeks ago. So the Saints could beat them. And then they finish up in the division with the, with the Giants. Now, do I think that the Eagles, you know, go 0-3 and the Vikings finish 3-0? and Well, no, I'm not going to think that that's going to happen, that one team's going to remain undefeated and, and the team's going to just lose every game to finish the season. But could it happen? Yeah. And then the Vikings could grab the top seed in the NFC. So stranger things have happened. I mean, we saw the Vikings just pummel the Colts in the second quarter where it looked like they were left for dead a week ago. And that was an insane comeback victory. And this is a different Vikings game. To your point, though, Jared, there are some blemishes on the record. The reason why this team keeps putting themselves behind the eight ball is because some of those old you know, problems that the Vikings have had for a long time at quarterback or other spots on the field. They'll rear their heads. They just have an intestinal fortitude that they haven't had in years past, and they've been able to uh, uh, conquer some of those old demons, especially in close games, especially in the fourth quarter. They've been a very good fourth quarter team. It's funny. There's such a gambler's fallacy to this team, and by gambler's fallacy, I mean there so many people, oh, they've won so many close games there has to be regression at some point. And it reminds me of this coin flip discussion I have with some of my friends sometimes. If you were walking into a casino and you could bet on a coin flip and it showed you the last hundred flips, what they were, and you saw that the last hundred flips were all tails, what would you bet the next flip? 
probably bet heads. Like, it's been 100 tails in a row. How can there be another tails in a row? Well, it's really just 50-50. You know, the odds don't change on the next roll of the dice, on the next flip, just because all of these close games went in favor of Minnesota over the last, you know, three and a half months doesn't mean the next one won't. And it's kind of this interesting philosophical discussion about this Minnesota team. They're going to be in another close game in the postseason. It is going to happen. Will they get the bounce of the ball in their favor like they've gotten for the X amount of close games before this that have gone in their favor? It is a fantastic discussion. And unfortunately, I have no idea what the outcome will be. If I did, I would not be sitting in this chair. I'd be probably on an island somewhere with Rich, but I'd be owning the island. <laughs> so I just I, I, I don't know how this is going to play out for this Vikings team. In this particular game, I think I favor the Giants. I, I, sh- I sent you guys the first parlay. It had the Giants in it. Yep. Um, yep. And I, I think the four is a fair number here. By the way, I think I, Scott Shapiro is listening to us this morning, Jared. If you, yeah, he, he's always listening. That I'm, that's why I, I, I didn't know. <laughs> I wish I had that key nugget of information before I basically based all of my action today fading the <laughs> but but um, I, yeah let's go with the Daniel Jones prop and let's say the Vikings win by a field goal right <laughs> uh, real fast how about this game the Falcons and Ravens Ravens favored by six and a half low total here got a little bit of weather going on 34 and a half at bed MGM you've got two great running attacks both top five and I give you credit, Jared. Last week you had J.K. Dobbins as a prop oh, yeah. bet, the running back. And that just seemed too good to be true to me, which is why I stayed away. And he immediately, just snap your fingers, he was over his rushing total. So very good play by you. Shocker, make sure you're sitting down. Lamar Jackson hurt, not playing in this game. It's going to be Tyler uh, Huntley, the backup in there. And look, I'm just going to cut to the chase. Lamar has some highlight reels. He makes some great plays, but he's hurt way too often. I think he's one of the most overrated quarterbacks in football. There are a lot wow. of talk about, hey, uh, uh, maybe he should leave, and I wouldn't want him. I wouldn't want him. Like He makes some jaw-dropping plays, but then he's hurt far too often. Like I'm not against all things mobile quarterbacks, but I'm against taking too many risks while being a mobile quarterback. And Lamar Jackson's the poster child for that, so... He's out again, and shocker, the Bengals have taken control of the division where they stand a a game up of the Ravens. You just got to have your guy upright. And when you take that many chances running the ball, it's it's not equals MC squared here. It's two plus two equals four. If you take that many chances running, you're going to get hurt. And for a second straight year, the Ravens are paying the price for that being the case. And what's interesting about that comment is a lot of people will be like, oh, well, you're just a, a hater because Lamar is, you know, he, he gets injured selling out for his squad. And, you know, look, listen, this is a business. This is a business and you are an asset. You know, imagine imagine if, um, you know, you bought your wife, you know, uh, I, whatever, a million dollar engagement ring and she kept taking it off and leaving it different places. 
right? Yeah. <laughs> it would drive yeah. you crazy because you yeah. would be like, wait a second. Oh, I, I've invested so much into this relationship, into yeah. this marriage, into this engagement, into this ring. And you're just being so loose with it. Like, could you just please secure it? Could you just please wait? And, and you just like, it'll, it'll drive you nuts. Well, with Lamar, it's the same thing. I'm sure John Harbaugh, I'm sure the ownership, Biscotti, everybody is just sitting there wringing their hands, watching what he does with his body on the football field because they're like, one of these days, the ring's going to fall down the drain and we're never going to be able to get it again. In, in, in this situation, durability is his most important ability. And a lot of people will say, well, he doesn't get hurt running the ball. He gets hurt in the pocket when people come up and tackle him low and things like that. It's like, well, well yeah. That's a part of being durable. There are quarterbacks who get tackled in the pocket and don't get hurt. And it may not necessarily be his fault. It could be his offensive line fault. It could be a running back who had a miscue, missed a blitz pickup, whatever. Lamar Jackson, if he's not available, he can't help the team win. So I agree with that assessment. There is a growing pang in my stomach that tells me, geez, you know, this offseason I was really a champion of his to get paid and to get paid top billing in the NFL. And the longer this season wears on, I'm, I'm big enough to admit I'm wrong. I may have been wrong. And the Ravens may have been right, kind of keeping this thing at a low simmer and saying, hey, let's see how this season goes. And they may be either able to get him at a much lower financial threshold or potentially they may move on if Lamar Jackson starts stomping his feet and tantruming about whether or not he should be and how much he should be paid. Low simmer like the Ornberger chili. Oh, yeah. You got to get that low and slow for a long time. Low and slow, baby. It's kind of been the season. It's that we've seen with Baltimore. It's been low and slow. It started a little fast, and now you're right. It's kind of cooled off a bit. The loss to the Jaguars, I think, will be the one that they look back on and they say, yeah, that was probably the one that cost us the division. And now you hope that Lamar can come back for a postseason game. But I don't think anyone in Baltimore right now, if you asked any Ravens fans, are overly excited about a postseason game against one of these AFC-dominant teams because you're going to see you know, Kansas City or, or Buffalo get the one, which, which means Baltimore might be facing Cincinnati uh, or Buffalo in the first round of this wild card. So um, that is a very interesting matchup. And I think if we do get to that, we will, we will certainly break it down uh, in depth. But, man, Lamar, I don't know. I, I want to hear more about Brian's take about why he's the most overrated quarterback in the uh, league. Because he's the Ravens not were... on the field right now. That, that's yeah. why the season – Went fell apart. They were eight and three last year. He gets hurt. They lose their final six games. Like, and that was the biggest reason why they ended up eight yeah. and nine because he's hurt trying to extend a play and got hurt against the Browns. That's why he's overrated. Last year was a perfect example of it. And look, I would love to see him with better weapons to throw to for sure because he's got crazy talent. It's just the decision-making. I like yeah. Rich's comparison. That was a great comparison. It'd also be like if a, a player was, I don't know, taking risks, like staying out too late and doing some reckless things, you'd be like, what, what are you doing? Yeah. Why is it different on the football field? And, and the last thing I'll say about it, it's not a black-white thing. Some people will hear this and be like, here we go again, hating on the athletic black quarterback. That's not the case. It's just a health thing. Look at Jimmy Garoppolo, broken foot, trying to extend a play. Look at Ryan Tannehill, done for the season, trying to run, extend plays. It's not a black thing. It's 
a health thing. And if you look at Jalen Hurts last week, he got hurt running the ball. A defensive end falls right on top of him. That would be a quote-unquote body weight penalty in the pocket. So it's just you got to find the balance of getting what you can get situationally, putting your head down. If it's a key first down, it's a playoff game, fine. If it's week 15, I want you to be upright. I want you to make decisions that keep yourself healthy. And there are a lot of times Lamar doesn't do that. Yeah, yeah. Just to put a, a exclamation point on that sentence, you know, Josh Allen, the same amount as Lamar Jackson gets criticized for not getting down enough and sacrificing his body too much. He's just got 40 pounds on Lamar Jackson, so he he's hasn't been injured as much. Yeah, he's a freak of nature. He's a tank. And so is Lamar Jackson, by the way. He just He's just more injury prone, so he's got to protect himself better. Hopefully he does, because when he's on the field, he is one of my favorite talents to watch at quarterback. He's just not on the field enough. Yeah. Hey, every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you earn BetMGM rewards points that can be redeemed for things like free bets and risk-free tokens. They can also be converted to MGM rewards points that can be used towards dining, shows, and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM resorts. Okay, we've got Rich Ornberger. He's over there in Hawaii for the Hawaii Bowl. We've got Jared Smith. He's over there in Vegas for uh, Vegas football watching today, right? I'm Brian No over here in South Bend, Indiana. (laughs) I'm just trying to stay warm, basically (laughs) what's going on over here. Uh, Coming up next, man, we got a couple of really compelling matchups a couple of the best teams in football how will things shake out for them today we'll compare notes it is fox sports radio's countdown to kickoff presented by BetMGM. welcome to the biggest tailgate party in the nation you're locked into fox sports radio's countdown to kickoff touchdown and it's presented by BetMGM. The king of sportsbooks. Once again, here's Brian No, Rich Ornberger, and Jared Smith. It is Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM every Thursday. Be sure to check out our Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM original podcast. Features yours truly, Brian No, Jared Smith, Bill Krakenberger. We give our takes on all the key lines. Get you set for the weekend in betting. That's every Thursday. Just search Fox Sports Radio wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so a couple of the best teams in football. Chiefs in action today, 49ers in action today. We'll start for now with the Chiefs hosting the Seahawks. Chiefs are favored by over 10 points, right? 10 and a half, or or right there at 10. It's fluctuating a little bit. It's right there at 10 at BetMGM right now. And what's interesting to me, a little bit of a Dolphins thing going on here. The Chiefs just played three straight road games. The Dolphins just played three straight road games. And especially, let's just stick it with the Chiefs. The Chiefs looked a little vulnerable in the last one, going to overtime against the Texans. I think getting back home is a big, big deal. And with the Seahawks, their defense has been brutal lately. The Panthers put it on them in Seattle a couple of weeks ago. So the Chiefs, you'd have to believe, going to put up a lot of points today. And without that running game being reliable for the Seahawks right now with the number of injuries, you might have to throw it quite a bit today. And with no Tyler Lockett, that could be quite the challenge for Geno Smith. Yeah, yeah. You know, what's what's shocking about the Chiefs is 
you think about them as this juggernaut and they are at times, but other times I'm wary, you know, whether it's a slow stop for the start for the offense or it's their defense. That's just letting up way too many points to the opponent they're playing or like they'll have these spurts of scoring where, you know, they can do it, but they're just failing to convert on some key third downs for about three series. And then all of a sudden they explode again. And you just wonder if, if this is going to bite them, but they're an 11 and three football team and the chiefs lead the NFL in scoring and they've scored more than 40 points on three of their NFC opponents, including San Francisco's defense, which is the best in the league. So, you know, with all that evidence, I, I sort of feel like this is going to be the chiefs cruising to victory today and most likely covering up that 10 point spread. But I will say this, Seattle, that's a team where, geez, you know, can you name, I, I mean, and they have an even record. I don't want to blow this like completely out of proportion. They're seven and seven football team. But could you name a more resilient team? I mean, the Seattle Seahawks were, looked like they were tanking and they came out the gates with Geno Smith and have been exceptional offensively for a good portion of the season. Uh, they lose their arguably the best running back in the league this year in Rashad Penny, and they find a way to replace him. They're playing with rookies all over this football field, and they've developed them extremely well, and they've hit on draft picks. Seattle Seahawks are one of those tough, one of the toughest outs in the league, I'll say. And so it's, it's a wary bet if you're going to place, you know, a heavily, a, a, a ticket on a heavily favorite Chiefs team today, because the Seahawks are just such a coin flip in terms of what team are you going to get? You're going to get a team that, you know, can sometimes look really poor or are you going to get the team where Geno Smith goes off and everybody seems really excited and they're on the road at Arrowhead and it's an opportunity to show the world like, Hey, we're not done yet. I don't know what team they're going to get today. Yeah, this is a tough spot. And you know, you get Walker back in the lineup today for Seattle, which is, Actually, I don't even know. Questionable, but I I think he's going to play. But we'll see how effective. And, you know, you don't have Lockett. You don't have Ryan Neal, their their star safety, who's had a great year. And and this defense has really been gashed over the last few weeks. They had a little stretch midseason where they kind of peaked their head up and started to play better. But the Seattle defense certainly trending down. They do have a long break. They didn't play till last, you know, they played last Thursday against the Niners, but it's funny. You, you guys mentioned it. I mean, you know, there was a quarterback competition heading into the season between Locke and, and Gino. Um, we all know how that turned out. Yeah. And I'm so happy for Gino. I mean, overcoming adversity, the ability to put your past troubles behind you and focus on the task at hand, which is improving a football team that, you're right, was kind of in tank mode preseason, and now Geno's in the Pro Bowl. I will say this. The Chiefs are 2-9 and nine against the spread when it's double digits over the last three seasons. Mm. Not really the spot they like to be in, <laughs> and they're usually favored by at least a touchdown. It's kind of the Mahomes tax over this little <laughs> stretch of his. So I, even though it's a matchup that I think favors them this week, if they can get going against this bad Seattle defense, this is a, this is a team that hasn't covered big spreads over the last three years. And their defense has had some issues too. The weather, obviously, a factor today. I believe it's on my orange. No, yellow. Yellow for the uh, <laughs> DEFCON list here. Single-digit temps, but light winds. So, you know, not ideal, but there's certainly worse weather spots 
in the NFL this week. I, this is a stay away from me. I, I think the Chiefs should win and should win comfortably, but they haven't covered big spreads. So you're kind of you're asking for a perfect game here from Mahomes and this Chiefs defense to cover it and. The defense has kind of been a little bit balky. I will say this. Patrick Mahomes, the one thing we do know that is for certain over the last week with Jalen Hurts, he's the MVP of the league. So if you have one of those tickets in your back pocket, congrats. Probably going to cash, barring some kind of massive shift over the last three weeks. I like what you're saying with the Mahomes tax. There is something also known as the Lowenkron tax. But the difference is (laughs) Isaac Lowenkron is 11-0 covering the spread when he's a double-digit favorite. In the last 11, with another hard-hitting sports update, here is the one and only Ilo. Indeed, because we've got a really interesting developing story to tell you about. Eight NFL games kicking off at 1 p.m. Eastern, including on the schedule the Tennessee Titans hosting the Houston Texans. Now, today, the Tennessee Valley Authority has been implementing rolling blackouts in the Nashville area due to extreme cold temperatures causing an increased demand for power, With that in mind, the mayor of Nashville, John Cooper, has now asked the Titans to postpone the kickoff of their game against Houston, quote, in solidarity with our neighbors, unquote. No word yet on whether the Titans are considering the request. ESPN reported this morning the Titans quarterback Ryan Tannehill, who had surgery on a high ankle sprain this week, will not play again during the regular season, and it's considered unlikely that he will be able to return during the postseason if the Titans make it. NBA Friday night, the Charlotte Hornets defeated the Lakers in Los Angeles 134-130. to Luka Doncic scored 50 in Dallas's win at Houston. And in the NHL, Alex Ovechkin of the Washington Capitals scored two goals in a victory over Winnipeg to pass Gordy Howe for second place on the NHL's all-time goal scoring list with 802. But you, you know, fellas, earlier this season we saw the NFL move a Buffalo Bills home game to Detroit on a couple of days' notice, but uh, I, I can't imagine the NFL electing to postpone the kickoff no of today's game. Back to no. you. Yeah, no, I don't see that either. It is Fox Sports Radio's countdown to kickoff presented by BetMGM. wonder what the odds are on that. A minus a thousand? I just know? see like Roger Goodell looking at the request and like laughing. Like, like you yeah. know, like sitting like the, the, the scene from Goodfellas when they're all laughing around the table. Like, right, that's right. That's how I picture Goodell. Yeah, yeah, let's postpone it. Let's, uh, let's kick off like three hours later. That's going to cure everything. Like, no. <laughs> yeah, right. Hey, let's dive into this right now. Follow the money. Real good money. All right, we welcome in our main man, Seamus McGee, team lead of sports trading at BetMGM. Seamus, looking at the NFL slate here in week 16, line movement is what I have underlined over here. What is the line movement that is catching your eye right now? I mean, hey, thanks for having me back, guys. Uh, the, I mean, the main one, obviously, everyone's talking about is the Cowboys-Eagles. Uh, you know, line opens up, Cowboys minus one and a half, with just the rumors that Hurts might be hurt. Jumps all the way to as high as six and a half in some places. And then you had some pretty big buyback down to, uh, down to four and a half. That's obviously the big one. I mean, I've been talking to people all week, and it's every sharp move has just been on unders for all of these games, as you can imagine, with some of the crazy weather we're getting here on the East Coast. So a lot of, a lot of movement on unders and totals here. Um, the Bears actually were one that actually kind of surprised me. We took some uh, money at nine and a half. Some sharp action there, and we're currently sitting at eight and a half there. 
Yeah, I, I think the weather is kind of the first thing that I asked mm-hmm. everyone this week when I was doing my, my weekly communiques with all of you fine bookmakers. Is there a blanket um, piece of advice you could give to bettors this week? The one that I was giving is just don't bet until game morning, until you actually know what the weather forecast is, because Lord knows it can change, especially this time of year. Is there something that you've seen, like one game in particular, maybe this Saints-Browns game with a total comically low? Like this is one I'd even consider teasing it's so low, but is there any advice you can give to bettors this week with all this weather? I definitely agree with you. You've got to wait till the day of the game. I mean, one of the, some of the worst things you could do for betting the NFL if you want to win is waiting till the day of the game to bet. Yeah, I know. It's the opposite, <laughs> right? It's, like, it's, it's such a weird year, Seamus. It but really if, is. It, exactly. If you, if you want to get a bet on a game and there's some crazy weather, I, like the wind for me is like the biggest weather, the thing that could impact the weather. Is it, you know, okay, it's raining a lot, but you know, what's the wind doing? If it's not that windy, maybe you can, there'll still be some points scored. One thing I saw with the Saints-Browns is that the wind might be going up and down the field opposed to across the field, similar to what we saw last year in that uh, crazy Monday night game uh, between the Bills and the Patriots, where, you know, like the Bills couldn't kick a field goal towards one end of the end zone, but, you know, you might be able to hit a 45-yarder in that wind. Yeah, it's so interesting. Yeah, and and I agree with you. I think weather is the most complicating factor just from playing. I mean, you can handle snow, rain, heat. I mean, nothing affects a football game like wind, and a lot of people don't realize that. Even cold. Cold sounds like, oh, it's cold out there. Like, how are these guys going to survive? Well, games typically look about the same in the cold. It's just wind. Wind is a huge factor. How about this motivation, Seamus? So you hear Kevin O'Connell, Vikings head coach, talking about how he may start resting key starters. When you start hearing that down the end of the regular season in the NFL, what does that do to lines? Does that change anything, or do you still just base it off of the players and their past performance and their performance against the spread and all those things from team standpoints? Well, it's similar to what I tell you guys every week. We, uh, we have a collection of sharp bettors that they'll tell us what, the, what they think the market's going to do, and we, we really take that in, like, with the money we get from those sharp bettors into account the most than probably most weeks of the season because there's so many question marks about, you know, maybe this guy's only going to play a half. Maybe this guy's going to actually play. They want to stay fresh. They don't want to be rusty. Things of that nature you have to take into account. And, you know, it is kind of funny. Like, you have the Vikings, you know, they've already locked up the division, and, I mean, with the Hurts injury, like, who knows how long he's going to be up. They could be playing for a one seed at one point, but they, they're going to need some help going into the next few weeks. This is going to be a big week to see how, like, whether they're going to be resting starters or not. You know, Seamus, let's cut to the chase here, bud. How do we get rich today, right? Which you got a sharp eye. Which team <laughs> do you like or which to total win. do you like the most in Week 16? I mean, I, I – loved the Eagles at plus six and a half. I wow. like, don't think Minshew is that bad. I think the Eagles win that game outright, to be honest. I've, I've been on the Eagles all year. Um, so that's, a, that's what my pick for the week is. I, I, I love Philly this week. I guess we got to bet Philly now. I mean, yeah. geez. I had Dallas. So I, that's been a fun one. I had Dallas at three before, like as the new, like I'm always the secondary guy. I don't, I don't make the market, but I see the market move and I get in pretty quickly if I like the move. And I, I did, see that Dallas move this week I got in at three and I missed the six and a half I was considering selling at six 
and maybe we get a middle. But now I guess if Sheamus really likes Philly, I mean, who am I to disagree with Sheamus? Um, all right, let's the, – the one college game tonight – sorry, no FCS this week – but do we do we like do we like San Diego State tonight? What's been the vibe of the Hawaii Bowl um, in terms of the market? Uh, so I mean, we're not really getting a ton of action on this game mm. right now. I imagine it's going to ramp up closer to kickoff. That's uh, the deal with a lot of these smaller bowls before Christmas. Like after this, you start seeing the action come in on you know the Alabamas, the LSU's, and whatnot. Um, so I mean, it's not a whole lot to really go off of today. Um, personally, I can't get a read. On, I couldn't get a read on that San Diego State team for the life of me. And we all know Mid Tennessee State from that big route they had in Miami earlier this year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I can tell you the weather definitely won't be a factor in, uh, <laughs> in Honolulu tonight. <laughs> If anything, just a little bit warm. Yeah, I'm currently in Oahu. I'm going to call the Hawaii Bowl, Seamus. So, yeah, wish me luck. It's been, it's just been dreadful. Just, just dreadful. Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> we all feel terrible for Rich waking up early in Hawaii having to work with us this morning. Hey, Seamus, yeah, man, we appreciate definitely it, Definitely nothing brother. like uh, West Orange, New Jersey at my parents' house right oh, now. Currently, about, I think about six degrees. It feels like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh. Seamus, great stuff, man. As always, enjoy week 16. We'll catch you soon. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Same to you. There he is, Seamus McGee, team lead of sports trading at BetMGM. Okay, we got a lot more to go, a lot more to do. We got Rich Ornberger. He uh, he's just rubbing it in, rubbing it at in. At this that point, in yes. nice weather right now. It's egregious. I chose violence this week too. I, I rubbed it in that I was in a hot tub yesterday at sixty degree weather to all my yeah, East Coast yeah, friends. That's, that's pretty yeah. good too. Yeah. He's Jared Smith. Not afraid of rubbing it in, rubbing it in either in terms of the nice weather or nice locale over there in Vegas. I'm Brian No. Nothing to rub in over here. It's two degrees. <laughs> two degrees in Indiana. Uh, coming up next, if this team is a roller coaster ride, why not take advantage of it? We'll have some details on that. It's Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. Kickoffs are coming soon, and we're leading you up to them. This is Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Once again, here's Brian No, Rich Ornberger, and Jared Smith. Are you kidding me? It is Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. We're what? A little more than two hours away from the early window here in the NFL. Eight games at 1 p.m. Eastern time. Be sure to follow BetMGM across all socials at BetMGM. Let's dive into this. Here we go! Not live yet. Live betting. Ready, go! Okay, so we're looking for in-game opportunities. Once these games kick off, we're forecasting a potential scenario where we can pounce, baby. We can take advantage of it. We'll start with you, Jared. What in-game opportunities do you think we might see today? You know, I, I usually we do a specific game here, and I think there's a couple that come to mind, but I'll give you the blanket statement here with the weather. Watch as many of these games as you can the first five to ten minutes. If you can watch the pregame warm-ups, if you ha- I wish I had a screen with like every pregame warm-up. Yeah. Like a, all 22, because I, I really want to see 
which guys really want to be out there today with some of these games. Chicago, Cleveland, Kansas City, New England, those are kind of Baltimore, Pittsburgh, those are kind of Tennessee. Those are kind of the usual suspects in in the Northeast at this time of year in the Midwest. But I, I think those games specifically, if you see guys out there and it's just the weather's just too much for them to overcome in terms of throwing the ball down the field and sustaining offense, the live unders, I think, have to, you have to have your finger very close to the trigger with a lot of these games today. Buffalo-Chicago, I think, is the game I'm willing to bet the full game under in right beforehand, pre-flop. But I'm keeping a very close eye on these. Yeah, you know, I, I'm focusing in on this Falcons heading to Baltimore game. Baltimore, what, about a touchdown favorite right now. Here's the thing. I, if you if you love Baltimore, I think they'll most likely win this football game. Um, but the Falcons have just been involved in so many close games. Like, they can score with anyone. That defense is better than people give credit for. I really have a ton of respect for the Falcons this season, although, you know, they're a 5-9 football team and, and they lose some games they shouldn't. They keep it close with everyone. So if you love Baltimore, but you don't love them at the number, um, just watch this first just watch this first half and keep your eye on it because the Falcons will lose close ones, but they can play with anyone. So I could see that I could see that number sliding in favor of the Falcons and you could scoop up Baltimore at a discount. And I think they still I think they still win and cover if you could get it at four, you know, maybe three if the score gets a little bit out of hand in the first quarter, because just Baltimore is a better football team this year. By the way, I think it was funny what you were saying about a camera and all the pregame action. Jared, if you could see on the field, it just made me think. I was at a Patriots game years ago, and I was in like the media section, and I saw on the TV screen that they had the players warming up on the field. And I looked at the field. There's no players on the field. I'm like, hey, yeah. I thought this was live footage where they're showing them warm up. So, yeah, it's kind of funny that way. I'm going to look in-game-wise, take advantage of the – roller coaster here the minnesota vikings <laughs> if they have a lead bet the other team if they're trailing bet the vikings like that's been the scenario throughout most of this season they play a bunch of these one score games so especially if the giants get up big like double digits or the vikings get up big double digits i'm looking to bet the other way it's worked out more times than not this season see if it works out today All right, plenty more to get to. We look forward to the Christmas Day games. Also, the injury news impacting one of the games of the day. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Ah, yes. Less than two hours until kickoff in week 16 here in the NFL. Eight early games. Very much looking forward to it. By the way, if you haven't seen any of our tweets out here, make sure you follow Fox Sports Radio, where I, in particular, I love the backdrop of Rich Ornberger, who's on the road there in Hawaii (laughs) for the Hawaii Bowl. For those that haven't seen this, just picture the most plush, Kind of like Roman Emperor <laughs> backdrop you could, and that pales in comparison to what we're seeing from Rich O today. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is uh, – I'm in actually a the only unfurnished room in the, the house we're staying in. The um, house? 
Yeah, we we uh, we have wow. family on the north shore of Oahu. Oh, uh, okay, okay. We're uh, we're staying. Uh, they have a property um, out by. I well, anybody who's familiar knows like Turtle Bay is on the north shore of o- Oahu, and they have a big golf course, and they've got a, a couple homes on the golf course. We're in one of them, and this is. This is the space that has been designated to me. I get to spread out, leave all my broadcasting equipment everywhere, all my football charts for the game that I'm calling later today, the the Hawaii Bowl, uh, San Diego State taking on Middle Tennessee or Middle Tennessee State. Whoever shows up, I'm calling that game. Seamus said mid-10. Have we heard that before? Yeah, mid-10. I mean, and now he's thrown in a third name. What are we going to do here, guys? We don't know. We don't know. But one of those three teams are showing up today to play the Astros. That's the one thing we do know. Um, Um, It's going to be interesting in the NFL which Eagles team shows up today, right? We do know that they're going to show up without their quarterback and MVP candidate Jalen Hurts. He is out with a sprained right shoulder. It's going to be Gardner Minshew. So Hurts out, Minshew in, at least for this week, Week 16 game. Cowboys are a four and a half point favorite. Jared, you mentioned this. The line movement throughout the week has gone crazy. It's gone up, down, up, down. It's been some Philly money, then then Dallas buyback. It's been crazy throughout the week. But um, what's interesting to me is actually on the other side, Dak Prescott. He's thrown a lot of interceptions here lately. And against the Eagles defense that has the most interceptions, 15 on the season in all of the NFL, I'm really watching if Dak Prescott can protect the football at home today because that, to me, is the bigger question going up against that Philly defense. Very opportunistic with their nose for interceptions, right? Nose for the football. We always say nose for the football with fumbles. you got to have a nose for a football with INTs as well, and the Eagles do. I want to see if Dak can protect the ball today. Yeah, I agree. It's good Sorry, defense. Go ahead, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I, I was going to say it's a good defense, but most importantly, I mean it's it's what it's it's what you can do with those opportunities. You know, and and I love Dak Prescott when he's on, but I, I, Jared, I mean you've watched it, we've all watched it. There are games where Dak Prescott in a losing effort only adds fuel to the fire. Like, you know, he just he just can't seem to you know, I remember look, I played with Philip Rivers. I have a tremendous amount of respect for Philip Rivers, the competitor, the football player. He's one of the best people I ever met in my life. But there were games like that too, like where we were we were only down a score, maybe we were down ten points, and it just sort of felt like all of a sudden, two interceptions later, we're out of the football game and it's the fourth quarter and you're just thinking to yourself like, yeah, I get it. You know, it's crunch time and we're pressing a little bit, but we also don't need to force anything. Not yet. You know, it's it's late in the third. It's early in the fourth. Like, why are we trying to heave the ball downfield into double coverage? And Dak Prescott has a little bit of that. And, and it's concerning for the Dallas Cowboys, especially when you get into the postseason. Two very brief weather updates with totals because I'm seeing some movement pop up on yeah, the screen. Yeah, let's hear it. Let's hear it. I think Baltimore Atlanta is an over hmm. based off of where it's moving. So maybe the weather in Baltimore not as bad as predicted. On the flip side, looks like Houston, Nashville, or yeah, in Nashville, that total's dropping. So if you want to know which games are going to be impacted, I just saw two pretty significant moves on my screen. Houston, Tennessee under, 
Atlanta, Baltimore, over. Just throwing that out there before we – because that, to me, now that the limits are expanding, the, the, the real sharp money is coming into the market. They're seeing the forecast. They're probably got, you know – spies on the ground at these spots looking at really how bad the weather is so just keep that in mind um dallas's pressure rates the biggest concern for me here with philly it, i don't know how gardner Minshew is going to handle that and we'll see he has not and i don't know what micah parsons status is i heard illness this week i don't know what it is i'm assuming flu-like um but we'll see what his lungs are and his cardio and, and how much they can get after the passer this week and on the other side of the ball, listen, this is, the, this is trench warfare in this game. And I think the quarterbacks are fun, fun convos with Gardner and, and, and with Dak. But these are two of the best trenches in the NFL. I think the Eagles have the best offensive line in the league. And they've shown it this year. And the Cowboys have really struggled to pass block. And we saw Reddick and Sweat just wreak havoc in the backfield last week as well. So I, just, I, I think there's going to be some some really volatile plays in this game because both offensive lines are very prominent and both defensive lines are very prominent. So we're going to see a lot of mixing and matching and who gets the better ends of those matchups here. And I think of, of the two offensive lines, I trust the Cowboys a little bit less. Tyron Smith came back last week, played right tackle for the first time since 2011, played okay. Jason Peters mixed in as well. Um, but I, I think if you ask me which trench I trust more, I think it's Philly. And that's why I, I kind of vibe with where Sheamus is going and he thinks the Eagles can win this game outright. I, I, I totally agree. I think if there's one – of all the things that have happened in the NFL this year, guys, Gardner Minshew winning a football game would be like 150th on the list because we've seen him do that before. So, uh, yeah, Philly, four and a half, five, that might be the vibe for me here if I have to buy back after my Dallas minus three early week ticket. Well, the interesting thing to me is you're talking about the offensive line, which offensive lines, which one do you trust more? And I agree with you on Philly, Jared. If I look at both quarterbacks and say, which quarterback do I trust to protect the football more in this specific game? It might be Gardner Minshew. I agree. Right? Like Dak, a couple of these numbers, he's thrown seven interceptions in the past four games. He has 11 starts on the season, Dak. Um a, let's see, wait, hold on, two, four, six, eight. He's got nine starts on the season. He's thrown an interception in seven of those games. Yikes. Like, he's only had two games where he hasn't thrown a pick. So, um, and it goes They don't give up any the, sacks, too. That's why, like, they don't give up a lot of pressure, and that that's not good if you're not yeah. pressured and you're still turning it over and throwing picks. Yeah, and if you look at the two defenses, so the Eagles lead the league with 15 interceptions. Dallas not far behind. They're ninth. Uh, they've got 12. Uh, so both opportunistic defenses. You might see both quarterbacks throw a couple of picks today, at least one apiece. But uh, that's one thing that I think is interesting. If you say, Who do you expect to protect the football more? I actually expect the guy making the first start of the season, which is Gardner Minshew. So we'll see how that shakes out. How about the night game? We've got the Raiders at the Steelers. Steelers are favored by two points. Low total. It's a weather game. 38 points. I'm really interested to see, because we always talk about like the, the nuts and bolts. We're talking about like analytics and the numbers and DVOA and all this stuff. But how about the emotion in that building tonight? How much do you factor that in there with Franco Harris, the legendary running back, passing away earlier this week? First and foremost, it's not about handicapping. It's about his loved ones. It's about his family and friends and everybody feeling that loss. And we certainly feel for all of those people. 
But as it relates to a game that we're previewing, there's going to be a lot of emotion in that building. And how perfect is it that the Steelers' current running back, his last name is also Harris. And Najee Harris has been on a tear. He's been a touchdown machine as of late. And with this being a weather game, I think you're going to see a lot of Najee Harris. You might see a lot of Josh Jacobs, the Raiders stud running back, who's been fantastic as of late as well. Yeah, this is this is one of those situations where I think, and don't get me wrong, I, it's an impactful loss. And especially for me, I knew Franco personally. He would come to Penn State practices uh, pretty regularly, and uh, he was just a tremendous human being. And and you know, one of those guys who he was just an easy laugh, a, a quick smile. He just knew how to be who he was. You know, you, you ever meet like a, a president or a senator or a governor or a celebrity where you just think to yourself, like, that's a guy who was born to do what he's doing or or, or to do what she's doing. Like, there are there are people who just appear to just own the space they exist in, and that was Franco Harris. He was he was a Hall of Fame running back. Like, that's what they should be. And uh, in, in, in my experiences with him, um, like I said, he was a tremendous human being, but most importantly, uh, in terms of football, his play backed up the personality, and so it was the whole package. Um, I think the media can overblow these things a little bit, however. I think that he is... Um, a very important steward of the game of football, but a lot of the players on the field don't even really know who Franco Harris is, unfortunately. You know, there's not a lot of football historians who are in the NFL right now who, you know, um, really even know to admire Franco for everything he's contributed to the game. So I don't know how huge of an effect it's going to have on it. Certainly the fan base, um, certainly the coaching staff, uh, certainly those who got close with him over the years. But, um, you know, if we're talking about a current player, a current coach who was lost tragically, like unfortunately we've dealt with so many times during the college football season this year, uh, talking about San Jose State, talking about Utah, talking about uh, uh, UVA, um, those circumstances hit closer to home than these circumstances sometimes. Definitely not trying to mitigate the loss in any way. And like you said perfectly, Brian, his family first and then all of those who are affected by him passing away. But, uh, but I, I don't know if it's going to have that big of an impact on this game today. It's a fantastic point. And life is short. I mean, I've had deaths in the family recently, close ones, and it's it's tough. And, you know, you, you, I'm sure his family and there'll be some pregame, you know, tributes and stuff. But you, you're right. Most of the time when the – and I, I feel like the same way about the weather today. Like there's – we're talking about the weather all week. It's been the most prominent story all week. Of the seven games that are outdoors in these spots where we might see weather – probably only really impacts half, maybe slightly less than half. And and that is clearly the case here. Um, it, it, I don't think it has an impact on our handicap of the game. It has an impact, I think, on, you know, again, some of the things that we talk about before the game. But once they kick it off, I, I do think this is more about Pittsburgh's offense, which, by the way, led the NFL in efficiency last week with Mitchell Trubisky, plus 15% 
completion rate over expectation. I mean, other than Mahomes, he was the most accurate passer in the league last week. This is Mitchell Trubisky we're talking about. And guess what? (laughs) What do you get for your troubles, Mitchell? Back to the bench. Here comes Kenny Pickett. So it's such a weird spot for Pittsburgh because I just, I, I don't know if it's the right move to put Pickett back in the lineup and get Trubisky on the bench with what we saw these last few weeks. The Raiders... I mean, how can you bet on them after what we saw last week? Like, my initial gut instinct is to fade them. And I look at this overall offense, and I, I, see, some, I, I see some matchup advantages that I like. If Josh Jacobs can get the ground game going, Pittsburgh has struggled in that regard this year in, in a few spots. And Max Crosby is a threat, and Chandler Jones is a threat. And this Pittsburgh offensive line, which has been pretty consistent this year, basically played a perfect game last week against a really good Carolina front. Can they replicate that again against another really good Vegas front? I think the line here is telling you the Raiders are the right side, but I'm not willing to take it. I think a tease with the Raiders might be an interesting play to get them through three and seven. What a freaking weird year for the Raiders. Yeah. Right? To just put it mildly, where, of course, last week – the crazy debacle that was Jacoby Myers trying to throw the ball to Mac Jones and Chandler Jones picks it off, runs in for a touchdown. That was immediately after the Raiders lost to Baker Mayfield, who was a Ram for two days. You know what I mean? The Raiders have won, though, four of their past five. And right before that, they lost four of their five games. And they started off losing their first three, including a huge lead that they had against Arizona in week two, and they found a way to kick that game. It's been a weird, topsy-turvy season for the Raiders, so Raiders. I, can, I don't blame anybody for not having a great sense in one specific week. Which team's going to show up, you know? I think it's going to be a, a really intriguing game. I, I think the running backs shine in this one. But I, I do. I, I think the emotion plays a, a factor in this. I know that a lot of the young players, they might not know Franco Harris personally, but you can feel what the crowd is. You know, you can feel the electricity in the sure. crowd. And that is a legend who passed away unexpectedly. And it's the 50th anniversary celebrating the Immaculate Reception. I just the think. The timing of it's so bizarre. It is very so bizarre. strange. Yeah. 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 But I think yeah. there's something there. Tonight. We'll see. We'll see if it plays a factor. But uh, Night maybe, game, too, which makes it even more intriguing. Standalone. Yeah. yeah. It was so Pittsburgh. I'll just say real fast. They showed there was right outside the stadium, there's like a, a plaque and a, a tribute to Franco Harris, and there were flowers put out there for him. And there's just there's snow on everything. and like stuff's <laughs> blowing around in the yeah. background. It could not be more Pittsburgh. But, man, they love that guy, and rightfully so. And you said it perfectly, Rich. That's what I heard all throughout the week. It wasn't just, oh, great football player, great player, legendary running back. It was, what a person, what a man, right? Like, I heard that more times than him being a great football player is just how great of a guy he was. That's not made up. People don't say stuff like that if it isn't true. And one after another after another after another said that about Franco Harris this week. Yeah. Yeah. Good man. Um, great football player. Better, better human being, which is insane to say about somebody who is so accomplished on the football field. But rest in peace. 
and uh, all the all the thoughts and prayers to his family during this tough time, um, most importantly. And yeah, like you said, the fact that it's a home game for the Steelers and Jared, like you said, the fact that it's a night game, standalone game. I mean, the crowd is going to be into it more so than they would have been if this was just, you know, your normal Christmas weekend uh, Raiders Steelers. This is uh, this one will hit different, as they say. Yeah, absolutely it will. Hey, every Thursday, be sure to check out our Countdown to Kickoff uh, presented by BetMGM original podcast that features yours truly, Brian No, Also, Jared Smith and Bill Krakenberger. Sharp guys. We give our takes on all the key lines and get you set for the weekend in betting. That's every Thursday. Just search Fox Sports Radio wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, Jared Smith is with us right now from PicksWise.com. Rich Ornberger with us right now. Over there in Hawaii for the Hawaii Bowl this evening. I'm Brian No. Coming up next, we turn our attention to the slate of games tomorrow. And if you had told me this would be the scenario right now, a couple of months ago, I would have said, do you watch football? We'll tell you about that right around the corner. It's Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. Welcome to the biggest tailgate party in the nation. You're locked into Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff. Touchdown! And it's presented by BetMGM. The king of sportsbooks. Once again, here's Brian No, Rich Ornberger, and Jared Smith. Welcome back to Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff. Presented by BetMGM. New users, download the BetMGM app today and use code COUNTDOWN for a special offer that's code COUNTDOWN. In the BetMGM app, we're nearing an hour and a half until kickoff the early 1 p.m. Eastern window in the NFL eight games. We're going to turn our attention actually to the Christmas Day slate, three games. Basically, the NFL saying, screw you, NBA. (laughs) 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 The triple adder. And they're going to win. Yeah, it's amazing to me. If you had told me before the season, listen to this. We've got three teams that are all four and ten. The Broncos play the Rams. Both of those teams had high expectations. Russell Wilson, the blockbuster trade. The Rams are defending champions. If you had told me this matchup on Christmas Day would be two 4-10 teams and the game means absolutely nothing, I would have looked at you sideways like, you clearly don't watch football. That's what we have. We also have the Arizona Cardinals, who were a playoff team last season. They're 4-10 also. And then, oh, by the way... How about a couple of the NFC teams in action? Packers at the Dolphins. Packers are 6 and 8. Tampa is at Arizona. Tampa is also 6 and 8. We went into the season saying in the NFC, we know the Packers are good, we know the Rams are good, we know Tampa is good. And all three of those teams are under 500. It has just been an insane year as far as that goes. Yeah, I I completely agree. This is such a strange moment for the NFL because they're really truly going to find out um, how well they rate against the NBA because the NBA is putting out a, a great slate. You know, they've got all the things you want to see, Luka, LeBron, they've got a battle in the East, Celtics, Milwaukee. I mean, the whole I mean, look through it all. You've got action every single one of the five games they've got slated for the game. If for the day, if if uh, Christmas Day goes to the NFL, if which I assume it will, because the yeah. NFL is such a ratings monster, 
But if Packers, Dolphins, Bucks, Cardinals, Rams, Broncos all outrate those five games by leaps and bounds, the war is over. I mean, just just pack it up, General. Go home. I mean, the NBA there's there's no there's no competition any longer. It's just it's not even a fair fight. And it's a shame because the NBA is a great product and it really has had its heyday, it feels like. And we're just seeing sort of the decay of interest in a sport that has um, really captivated me when I was a kid. I mean, that's part of the reason why I wanted to be a professional athlete in the first place was watching Michael Jordan and the, the ascension of the NBA alongside him. And it just, for whatever reason, even even in my own life, like as an adult, I'm just not as interested as I used to be, and I'm not sure why, but I do know this about the NFL. I do know that turning on Packers, Dolphins, Bucks, Cardinals, I do know that turning on even Broncos, LA, all three of those games matter for a bunch of different reasons. The drafts are so important come April, and so if a team is really starting to go into the tank, all of a sudden you start okay, putting it through your head like, okay, Russell Wilson's their quarterback, but do they go after a quarterback in the draft? What do the Rams do? Because they've got Stafford with a spinal contusion and Baker Mayfield has been up and down. You know, you look at the Packers and you start thinking about storylines. I mean, all of this stuff, even if these games are duds, they still avail you opportunities to sort of look ahead and think about what's going to happen in the very near future because there's great parity across the NFL. Yeah, this Packers-Dolphins game. Brian, do we want to make a wager on this one? I, I'm up for it. I'm just thinking, how much did the Dolphins win by? You know, yeah, is it 7? Is it 10? Is it 14? I, that's what I'm thinking over here. That's what You're not thinking the same say. thing, Jerry? No, I'm no. not. I, I mean, I, the, of the three games on Sunday, I think this is the most interesting, right? But I will say this. If Tom Brady loses to Trace McSorley. And oh, boy. Rich, oh, you know yeah. me. I almost drove to the Rose Bowl that year. That's how much I love Trace McSorley. I, mean, I, I, love, I love Trace McSorley. He's my heart and soul. But if Tom Brady loses to Trace McSorley on Sunday, I would say he should just retire on the field and just walk off into the Arizona sun. But that's, that's neither here nor there. Um, Packers, Dolphins. So this Green Bay offense quietly has put together a few good weeks here. Since yeah. week 10, third in efficiency. And I think Aaron Rodgers is just – I think he's just lost all care for how others view him and, and, and how the the rest of the – even his teammates. I mean, you know, we heard the Doug Gottlieb clip um, during one of the commercial breaks there about the article written about him and Sammy Watkins coming out and, and saying those things and, and, and Aaron kind of poo-pooing it. But I, I kind of understand where Sammy's coming from because when you watch this Packers offense, it does look like it's it's Aaron's show and then LaFleur is kind of doing his own little side hustle here and we'll see when those two things mesh. Well, they've meshed over the last few weeks and I, I do think this Packers offense gets a pretty tasty matchup against the Dolphins secondary that really has struggled um, this season. On the other side of the ball, I really like what I saw from Taron Armstead last week um, and he's him playing and being healthy matters a lot. Because this, this Packers defensive line's been a little feisty. Kenny Clark's probably the best player on the field. Um, and I think that's the guy to watch. If, if you match him up on the interior of this Miami offensive line, that, that could be intriguing. But I, I just really like this Green Bay offense to keep this close. Maybe they don't win outright, and the line's kind of floated back from six, now three and a half. I got in at four on Green Bay, and I feel pretty comfortable with that price on the Packers. The thing that's interesting to me, and I'm not saying this is your argument, Jared, but there's a sense that some people have 
a team like the Packers that had high expectations. They had three straight 13-win seasons, right? And they fell on their face. They lost seven of eight games. Their season is going nowhere, and they just won their last two. And it's amazing to me that a 6-8 and eight team that had high expectations, who's won their last two, they, they won against the Rams and Baker Mayfield on Monday Night Football. You know, they survived against the Bears. This isn't like, oh, man, here they come. Look out for the Packers over here. But it's amazing that a team that you had high expectations for who fell flat on their face, who is – kind of woke it up the last couple of weeks we're like man look out for green bay now like i'm not falling for it this dolphins team they've played three straight games on the road finally getting back home i agree jared there might be a lot of points in this game i could see that happening but i see the dolphins winning this one i would be i'd be very surprised if green bay wins it i just don't buy them they've given you way more reasons not to buy them than to buy them we'll have a we'll have a beer in cincinnati in a couple weeks on the line here for this one I'll take the Packers. I'll take the four. I'll take the four. Yeah. Okay. That's that's put a hundred on it. Also. Oh you know, wow. Cigar oh, and a C note. Wow. I like it. I like it. This is good stuff. Yeah. Rich is the the referee here. Referee yeah. Ornberger in between us. I'll make you sure that... for it, Jared. A little Christmas Eve. <laughs> I mean that you know a hundred bucks. That's a unit for me. So you know it's not like a, a ridiculous wager, but a hundred bucks between friends is is a significant amount of money there. Okay. It is. Are you okay. in or not? Let's go. All right. I mean, I already have 200 on the game, so sure, why not? Another <laughs> I'm sorry you're going to lose 300 on Probably, the game. Probably, you know, if anything, I should come back Miami minus three and a half, protect my buttocks here, but your confidence is making me waver on my Green Bay take. Oh, boy, well, oh, we'll boy. Don't it let it make you waver. Listen, the, do- <laughs> the Dolphins here, let me give you a little, little tasty tidbit. The Dolphins, they're 28th in third down defense since week Mm -hmm. 13. Okay, so I I understand they've been on the road for a while, but, like, if there's anybody who can exploit you and and, uh, in a weakness, and and we know teams who just, for whatever reason, they're, you know, they they just can't stop teams from getting in the end end zone. You know, red zone defense is an issue, or third down, they just can't get off the football field. That's been the Chargers for years now. Um, Even though Brandon Staley is this defensive guru, they've been a terrible third down defense uh, during his time as head coach. The Dolphins, I'm not going to call them a terrible third down defense, but over this short sample, over the past bunch of weeks, they have been. So, Let's see what happens when A-Rod goes out there against the Finns in uh, South Beach. You know, maybe getting away from the cold is exactly what the doctor ordered for the Packers. But I'm, I, I agree with the assessment that this is the most watchable game on the slate yeah. for yeah. Christmas oh, yeah. Day. That, Look that at you. Rodgers is a Grinch. He's going to steal Christmas from Miami. <laughs> when push He's got Grinch qualities shove. to him this year. So I'm, it, it I'm finding out about you, Rich. When push comes to shove... And it's no V. Jared. You sign with your Penn State brother. I see how Obviously. it is. You start rattling off Packers stats and the, the Dolphins are terrible on third. I see how it is. <laughs> see what's going on over here. Uh, we got to get to Isaac Lowenkron. Uh, please tell me, Ilo, you are not a Penn State grad. Is that? I'm pretty sure that's the case, right? Um, Let oh me boy. check. Isaac Lowenkron. 
No, I'm just kidding. I, I, I did check, and no, I am not. He tried I'm, to come up with some kind of funny quip there. And it didn't yeah. You know what? To be honest, that's exactly what happened. You know? It's like you a slot machine Lohikron there, and Brian. potential lines, and, and the slot machine just uh, landed on <laughs> lemons, I guess. It's like all of a sudden you have buffering your Netflix. Yeah. Your pauses. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> come on. Come on. Uh, I want to see what happens next. Amazon Prime Video game-winning field goal is on its way and buffering, 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 buffering. <laughs> Guys, we got eight NFL games kicking off about 90 minutes from now, including the Tennessee Titans hosting the Houston Texans. Now today, rolling blackouts have been implemented in the Nashville area due to extreme cold temperatures causing an increased demand for power. With that in mind, this morning, the mayor of Nashville, John Cooper, asked the Titans to postpone the kickoff of their game, quote, in solidarity with our neighbors, unquote. No response yet to the mayor's request by either the Titans or the NFL. However, fellas, there have been responses to the mayor's request from random people on Twitter, including this from Dilla, who comments, quote, Nashville mayor waiting until today to ask for postponement when we knew this was coming for two weeks is a bit like John Robinson trading A.J. Brown to Philly. Poor planning, unquote. Also kicking off at 1 p.m. Eastern, the Cleveland Browns hosting the New Orleans Saints at First Energy Stadium, where it's currently 5 degrees, yet it feels like minus 17. Well, Mary Kay Cabot of the Cleveland Plain Dealer a short time ago tweeted a picture of two unnamed visiting Saints players working out on the field without shirts on. Meanwhile, at Arrowhead in Kansas City, where the Chiefs are hosting the Seahawks, it's 10 degrees, but it feels like 5 under, yet we've also got two unidentified Seahawks players working out on the field without shirts on either. Despite not wearing shirts, both players ironically still wearing ski masks and ski caps. Fellas, back to you. And, and, and Rich, during your playing career, were you one of these guys who on an excessively cold day would play uh, in short sleeves and or work out on the field without a shirt on before the game? Uh, both and uh, much to the chagrin on the second part to the fans in the front row because there was a lot of boy was there a lot of shake to that dessert i mean it's just hey guys guess what actually we have breaking news that is coming down espn reports that the nfl is pushing back the texans titans kickoff by one hour to 202 p.m eastern time because of the power outages in the tennessee area that just reported seconds ago by espn back to you there it is. Good stuff right there. It's probably the NFL. You know how they're doing these staggered Monday night football starts? They're going to do a few more of those next season. I think they're doing three more of those. I hate that, by the way. Instead of having a, a true doubleheader, they, they kind of like mesh them together. It's probably the NFL just doing more experimenting. Like, hey, if we start doing this on Sundays, maybe right. we got something going on. There's always a gain for the NFL. You know what I mean? Like, if there was no gain here, they'd be like, game's at one. Tough nuggies, you know? <laughs> so I think they might be uh, thinking of themselves on this one. But interesting. We would have lost big. 
We had the NFL sticking with 1 p.m. Eastern. What does an hour time. do, though? Like, I don't understand. Right, like, I don't what hey, what guys, does that accomplish? Yeah, guys, it's, one other point about that. That's yeah. really going to tick off the tailgating fans outside. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying it's wrong. But, yeah, it's just, one, it's just one extra hour that those poor fans have to be uh, outside the stadium. Obviously, oh. it's an outdoor stadium, but still. I mean, I don't know anything about power grids or that. That's not right. what I analyze on a weekly basis. But I don't understand <laughs> what that does. Well, damn it, Jared. All of a sudden, know, it's right? become a main part of the <laughs> diatribe here this NFL weekend. I what need you to head to the grid. What do you mean? What does that even do? <laughs> if anything, it makes the, the everything go longer because now they have to keep the lights on longer for an extra hour. I don't understand this at all. Yeah, yeah. I don't get it either. I, we've got Rich Ornberger. Shaved clavicle, chef in the making, over there in Hawaii. We've got Jared Smith from PicksWise.com. Walks his dog. was hot tubbing uh, this week. The hot tub was popping yesterday. Oh, yeah, it was. My my feet are freezing cold right now in Indiana. You know, (laughs) hands are kind of cold, too. That's what you get for living in Indiana, Brian. Trying to keep my car on the road. It was a sheet of ice on Cleveland Road yesterday as I finished my Christmas shopping. So I wonder I'm not in a ditch right now, you know? (laughs) Uh, We've got a lot more to do here on Countdown to the Kickoff. We've got props. We've got picks. We've got Jared Smith's play of the day. we got all kinds of stuff before we get on out of here. That's on the way. Keep it locked right here. It is Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. Kickoffs are coming soon, and we're leading you up to them. This is Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Once again, here's Brian No, Rich Ornberger, and Jared Smith. Are you kidding me? It is Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. Just a little more than an hour until kickoff here. The early 1 p.m. Eastern window in the NFL. Eight early games. Very much looking forward to it. Props to the crew today, as always. Ryan Bershinger, our trusted producer. Iowa Sam, technical producer. And Isaac Lowenkron on the updates. Fantastic job, as always. Up on game, top of the hour. LaVar Arrington, TJ Hushmanzada, Plaxico Burris. The football conversation rolls on. We got to roll on with a bunch of picks. Let's do this first. Prop it up. Let's go play. Player plays. All right, we're looking for prop bets here. Jared, we'll start with you. What's something you like a lot? Yeah, how about James Cook over uh, 28 and a half rushing yards facing a, uh, a, a, a this is a Bears defense that's really struggled this year. I, I think the run game in this one's going to be prominent because good luck throwing it in 35, 40 mile an hour gusts. And to that end, I, I, I think Jacoby Myers uh, bounced back game for him over 43 and a half receiving yards. Uh, this was a picks-wise play from my pal Prop Holiday. So those are the two I'll give you. Cook over and Myers over receiving and rushing yards today. Yeah, in mine, I'm going to look at Geno Smith hitting the over on 249 and a half in terms of passing yards. The wind is extremely mild in Casey. It's ice cold. We're talking about 10 degrees, but you got a bunch of Seattle Seahawks players out there shirtless, you know, just flexing in front of the cameras right now. So they're primed and ready to play in this game. They come from an outdoor venue where it's cold as well. So I don't think the cold's going to bother them. Uh, I, I don't. Th- I, the only thing I would say is the wind could bother them, but it looks like through the forecast, the wind's going to be 
low wind to mild, if anything, even approaching 10 miles per hour. So I think we're going to see a lot of scoring. I think we're going to see a lot of passing. Kenneth Walker um, may be healthy for this game, may buoy the Seahawks' chances to move the football. So, yeah, I got Geno Smith throwing the football uh, for more than 249 and a half. I'm going to go with interceptions here. I've got my eye on you, Dak Prescott. I'm going with the Dak Prescott INT prop bet. He's thrown 11 picks this season. Philly leads the league with 15 interceptions. I think he's due for at least one today. And I'll give you a couple of extra credit ones. Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow has 10 interceptions. The Bengals quarterback at the Patriots. Patriots quietly have 14 interceptions on the year. Second in the NFL. I think Burrow with a a struggling run game, I think he's good for a pick today. And don't be surprised if San Francisco darling Brock Purdy, look at Mr. Irrelevant. Look at what he's doing. Throwing wide open George Kittle. I'm not impressed. Not impressed over here. Washington stops the rush very well. I think Purdy is due for his first pick. Should have had one last week, but Quandre Diggs can't catch Mm. the Seahawks' safety. So uh, keep your eye on Brock Purdy throwing a pick. All right, we got more picks coming for you. Let's do this. Rapid fire. Okay, three picks. We're going to have to be concise. We're going to have to be uh, quick and hard hitting here. Jared, we'll start with you. What are your three picks this week? Lane three with the Titans. I think Malik Willis gets it done. Rush Derrick Henry over 200 yards, four straight against this Houston Texans defense. That being said, I'm also betting the under. And again, I'm kind of going with the movement I've seen in the market over the last hour or so. It looks like the weather in Tennessee really bad. And we're going to see a lot of heavy run plays um, between the Texans and the Titans. That one stays under. But I'm going to go over Falcons-Ravens. I don't think the, wen- the weather as bad um, in Baltimore today as it is in some of the other spots of the country. And it shouldn't matter anyway. Anyway, the Falcons' most run-heavy offense in the league. I think the Ravens are going to move it, especially with Dobbins on the ground against a really bad Falcons uh, defense. So Titans lay in three. The under 35 Texans-Titans over 34-and-a-half Falcons-Ravens. All right. Um, I'm taking 10 with Seattle on the road in Kansas City. You just heard me talking about Geno Smith moments ago. I'm a big believer in him and his talents. And I think they keep it close with Casey. Even though it's cold, there's low wind. I got Seattle making this a ball game. Bengals at Patriots. I'm laying three with the Pats after an embarrassing loss Mm. to the Las Vegas Raiders. I think they have a bounce back game today. This is going to be a win for the Pats. And it may be a big one. Lions, they're they're, uh, going to be giving away two and a half to the Panthers. I just love Jared Goff this season. I don't think I've been able to say that any of the seasons that he's played football. They've been piling up points. I don't think the Panthers can score with them. I got the Lions favored by two and a half on the road. Okay, I'm looking at Kareem Hunt. Browns running back over 36 and a half rushing yards. They're going to run it like crazy today in that Saints game. I'm looking at, you plug your nose here, a team under, Falcons under 13 and a half total points against the Ravens. I don't think they score very much. First road game for Desmond Ritter. And I'm looking at the over. Najee Harris, over 61 and a half rushing yards for the Steelers in the nightcap against the Raiders. We got time, Jared. What is your play of the day here, buddy? Eagles. Got to go with Sheamus, right? We always trust the Sheamus special. How about Eagles money line? Sprinkle, baby. You're getting crazy over here. Everybody enjoy week 16. Happy holidays.